so I'm not sure if I have COVID or not. Oh, Jason. Do you, you ever have this phenomenon? I I call it FOVID. When you've had an exposure <laughs> or like you've just been reckless, you just all of a sudden get these psychosomatic symptoms. Yes. Like if, I get, if I'm in an elevator with a stranger, I get out and my throat hurts. Yes. I went to Kroger and it was packed in there and I was double masking. And I just was like, I just felt like I was swimming through COVID. I was like, this is COVID everywhere. And um, I then a couple of days later, I was like, is my, is my throat scratchy? And I, was, I feel I like had... there's a, a new thing now where it's almost should be called exposed. Like, uh, yes. Just when you find out that someone you've been around has been exposed, you got to worry for a day and it just takes a day of your mental health. Mm-hmm. So where yeah, were you I, exposed, uh, Jason? I was, uh, I was wild reckless. Because I, I was, I just got back from New Orleans. Yeah. Reckless, reckless. Living your trip, life. No, the trip was planned before the Omicron spike. And it's like, it was a, it was a calculated risk. Meaning I calculated that I'm going to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the calculus. <laughs> yeah. A plane and a basketball game. Yeah. And, and restaurants. Although I was surprised that New Orleans really does enforce their, um, mm. their vaccine mandates. Mm. Like you can't walk into a restaurant without them checking it. I've seen them send people out. It doesn't matter because vaccinated people have and spread COVID as well. That's true. It's all yeah. just a farce. But I did go to a basketball game because, you know, I had to get material for the pod. Right. A sports a pod. Right. It's a sports pod and we needed a cold open this week. So go for it. Yeah. I highly recommend any of you who are in New Orleans, go see the Pelicans. They're, they're a professional basketball team that no one in the city seems to know exists. I've never heard of them. The Pelicans. What I was going to ask, Amanda, do you really think he's talking about real Pelicans in New Orleans? Yeah, or I know, you- right. <laughs> I know, right. I've seen more people at a high school basketball game than Jesus. I saw at the Pelicans game. Granted, there is a huge COVID surge. Come on now. You think anybody in Louisiana cares about that? Right. Probably no, not. I, I guarantee the Saints games are packed. <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably. No, these um, aren't real Saints, Amanda. These are the football players. Okay. Okay. Quite the opposite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, well, did you have fun? Was it worth it? Well, I mean, I'm still negative on the antigens. Talk to right. me like three or four days. Okay. Right. I texted. I texted. Uh, no, Jason texted me earlier today and he said, uh, I took my rapid test and it's negative. And I said, you know, you got to test in two or three more days, four more days. And he texted me back. Nope. Exclamation point. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. I, I used it the first time. I don't have to retake that shit. Mm. So your wife uh, didn't have a problem with you going. She was like, yeah, sure. Keep going. Go. Go ahead. I mean, she makes threats like if I bring back COVID and you know, kill her parents, who, by the way, showed up the day before I left unannounced. Wait, I thought they were still there from Christmas. No, they left. They, they left and came back. <laughs> yeah, they just take that eight hour drive on a whim. <laughs> just like we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't even say we're coming. They just show up. Ding dong. This time they just showed up. <laughs> that's some christmas vacation shit uh well no okay. i absolutely would not have taken this trip had i known they were coming that that's absolutely true but are they vaccinated yeah they're vaccinated and boosted okay well that helps we had a trip planned for mexico for this week actually we were supposed to be there but we canceled <clears throat> in december figuring the worst the most likely we would catch COVID was being funneled through an airport in San Francisco. 
and being in a tube with other people breathing, who knows what they have mm-hmm. for 12 hours until we get to our destination and then being locked out of the country. Um, that was all our fear. Like being mm-hmm. there would have been fantastic. But if there was just a way we could just transport there, dynamite, we would have done it. Back to Heat the Press. I mean, as you can tell by the cold open, we're joined once again by our good friend Cork, who I forgot actually came on the show. Mm, and then I was like, let's have him back on. I was what like, a, what? I, was, I, I really made the right impression then. I mean, that's what I like. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, yeah, why don't we have Cork on? Cork's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, uh, we did. I Two just like when ago. people are vaguely familiar with my presence at all times just <laughs> hey yeah he's around I, I think i like him he's harmless i think i think we had a parent teacher conference for my daughter once and uh, we we're talking about how my daughter needs um lots of outlets for her energy and the teacher's like have you guys considered gymnastics my wife was like you know i really think we should get her into gymnastics like it's wednesdays at six o'clock We've been doing it for six months now. Oh, my God. And so, like, that's how I felt. Like, I felt her <laughs> embarrassment. I was like, okay, we should have Cork on. <laughs> Your wife said, let's do it. And she's been doing it for six months. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Well. um, uh, So, thanks for the lovely intro. It's wonderful to be back. Oh, yeah, guys. Hey, hopefully. It's Corky. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you plug at the end, okay? No problem. All right. Well, let's just dive right in. Uh, we're going to talk about Don't Look Up, the movie Don't Look Up. Um, we all watched it over the weekend, and we're going to talk about our thoughts on it because it seems relevant, the movie. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. I can I can start. Uh, it has... I'm pretty excited to discuss this because... Me too. We don't ever do anything light. No, and, and we actually have someone who knows how to do a film pod on here. Yeah, Corky <laughs> has a film podcast where he watches bad movies, um, and he intentionally, intentionally. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll just say, I thought it was too on the nose. <laughs> I didn't laugh till forty-five minutes in, and it was just a like. Huh. It was that kind of <laughs> laugh. It was just like a. Mm, that's a good. And I don't even remember. I meant to write it down, but I don't even remember what it was. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I know it was written in 2019 and it, the comet's supposed Wait, to be about. What? Yeah, it was written in yeah. 2019. And it, the, the comet is supposed to be um, climate change, obviously. Uh, and I just, I, I had a couple problems with that because it's like a comet isn't really man-made. So they really couldn't satirize it the way it should have been satirized. Do you know what I mean? Um, So that was one of my problems. Uh, Also, it, you know, it did a lot of like capitalism is so bad. And it it does a thing that a lot of TV shows and movies do where they go. Capitalism is also awful. And they throw up their hands. They go, what can we do about it? Nothing. You know, and then so it doesn't it doesn't actually have a solid critique to me. You well, know? I want to step back a bit because yeah. I think we're getting into the weeds. For those of you yeah. who don't know, mm. a brief synopsis of the film. 
Oh, wait, this is a spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> well, no, this, this part is not a spoiler. This is right. literally the entire premise. Right. An astronomer discovers a comet headed towards Earth, and they determine that the impact is imminent and it's going to be an extinction level event. You know, the comet is the size of Mount Everest. And it's going to happen in like, what, like nine months or something like that? Six months, I think. And, and so, of course. Yeah. They take this to the government. Mm-hmm. And the government proceeds to ignore it. Right. And with that, I don't want to get into more plot spoilers, but we'll talk about this. It, it is clearly an allegory about climate change. But I thought there were some elements that were definitely about COVID-19. Now, it's not just because we're watching this in, in the climate of COVID. But also because I feel like DiCaprio's character is Fauci. The uh, way you thought so? Yeah, the way he sort of falls under the spell of the celebrity and becomes less yeah. focused on the science. Mm-hmm. That's why I was shocked to hear that this was written in 2019. It's written in 20. 20- David Sirota, I think, wrote it, which, you know, he's kind of a lib. Not kind of, he is. Um, he's a left lib, but. Uh, yeah, it was written in 2019, I think shot in 2020. So, you know, who who knows how much of COVID we had going on? I'm sure it, if it was shot during 2020, it was on the minds of the people um, making it. But I don't know. And that, and that may have informed the performance. What do you yeah. think? I think it's very relevant to COVID in that you can apply it to any disaster any mm-hmm. pandemic, any kind of situation that you're going to find, because to me, I, and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was, a uh, it was on the nose. It was satirical, but I think what it mostly lampooned was the press and media and our willingness to absorb streams of media and the media's willingness to give it to us the way we want it or the way they think is most profitable. So whether it's climate change or COVID, you're going to find the relevances, the perfect metaphors, a perfect, um, you know, um, sure. It's nothing to be perfect. Yeah, it, it's gonna. It, there's gonna be allegories for any kind of big disaster because mm-hmm. it's really about willful ignorance versus you know people trying to get the message out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the lampoon of the media was. I, I don't know. I found it pitch perfect. Um, just, just the way, and the government as well. The way it's like, okay, we're just gonna sit on this knowledge until we figure out if it's harmful or helpful to us to act. Uh, we're going to use this as a weapon. We're going to mechanize information. And then we're um, going to make money on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we're going to sell it to the highest bidder who's going to help us stay in power. So all of that I thought was was a perfect um, was pitch perfect. Um, I don't want to I don't want to get us in trouble, but there was a moment. I don't know, maybe halfway through two thirds of the way through where I can't remember if it's DiCaprio or uh, the other character or if it's somebody off screen, but it was one of the scenes where there's like rioting, I think. And somebody goes, what are we supposed to do? Overthrow the government? And it's like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's why that's what, that was one of my problems with it. It was a little bit, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it offers a a shallow criticism. That's what it felt like to Mm. me there. it, It was a shallow criticism in that it didn't say, it makes the viewer feel helpless and makes the viewer feel like there's nothing we can do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just not true. Um, I think there's nothing we can do as a valid point of view. 
I don't hold it, but I think it's a very valid point of view. Yes, it sure it is. But the problem is, is when something is so influential and has such a huge platform and listen, the critics panned it. I don't know why they panned it because I didn't read any of their criticisms <laughs> of it because I was like, I didn't want to be influenced, but I know they did pan it, but people loved it. And I get why people loved it because it does have a point of view of like, we're all getting fucked, you know, yeah. but the, the problem is it doesn't it doesn't offer a, a hopeful solution. You know? not, that's not McKay's job. Uh, come yeah. on. I, I understand. But satire should be better. I don't Ooh, know. I don't know about that. Like to me, the most sure the, the most perfect satire of all time is network to me. And that ends very dark. Okay, I didn't watch Network. Also, there's How I Learned to Love the Bomb. I forget the first part of it. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love. That was also very dark as well. Okay, so yeah. Okay, satire doesn't end fun. I think satire is the the one chance you get to be anti Hollywood to give you the actual ending. How shit would probably go down. The rich would win. We'd all get fucked. I mean, to the detriment of the uh, our planet, we'd get fucked. We are know? getting fucked to the detriment <laughs> yes. of our planet. So that's why Hollywood gives you the happy endings because it's an escapism. But satire right. is the one place where we can be honest with how shit would probably work out. And then well, we can laugh really, at it. It's that's really humor. depressing. It's really <laughs> depressing. That's really. Well, I think I think my take on the films sits somewhere between the two of yours because Ultimately, I like where he went with it, but it was too on the nose. So and it on was the like, nose. And it was so smugly, congratulatory, liberal. Like, we are the good libs. We get it. <laughs> we, we are, we're not on the side of the comets. But yet, they aren't doing anything either. The libs are not doing anything either. I mean, what was that, okay. that, that tweet from the uh, HUD? The HUD, uh, di- the director of HUD, I think she had a tweet last week or I don't know, time is who, who knows what time is. It's been within the last five days and she got flamed on Twitter because her tweet was like, the economy is doing great. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That one. And it's like that. Yeah, we we the economy, which is just rich people is doing right. great, you know, so that it's that same kind of like catering to like. Yeah, it's like self-congratulatory, you know? Like, like, why are you, as housing and urban development, even talking about the economy? You should be talking about 13 people dying in a fire in the Bronx. Like, right. And in Philly, Philly the week before. Oh, my God. Just a rash of, like, we have a housing crisis. I mean, you you saw well, that, the, that um, sorry, I didn't mean to, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. I was just going to say, you saw that the uh, person who owns the building is on, or, you know, is part of part of on the board of the building that owns that building the company that owns that building is on the mayor's transition team i mean i mean it's early it's very early in the race but i think adams is going to give Lori lightfoot a run for her money as worst american mayor <laughs> right i i mean he i'll just say it now he's my worst person of the week He's terrible. I, mentioned, I, I Jason won't remember this, but I mentioned it to my last appearance on the show. How come every big city in America has the worst mayor? Like it's just it goes it, the larger the city, the worse. And the they're mayor. libs, but it's because they're libs. Yeah, because That's they're, behold, why. they're just as beholden. They're just as beholden. And they, you know, neoliberalism is they're all all they care about is their corporate donors. That's all they care about. 
and money. So for, um, for don't look up specifically when you mm-hmm. have search circumstances, like what we live in and now, and when the, um, urban development czar is tweeting out things about how great, the, <laughs> how great the economy is, how do you satire that? Like, how, how are you two on the nose when you point out the hypocriticalness? I, you mean like modern life? I mean, the, the modern politics, modern media, it almost lampoons itself. It's, it's it does. impossible. I, it almost feels like satire is dead because it's like even with Trump, it felt like nothing, nothing he did wasn't something that somebody already made fun of him for maybe going to do. And then he did it. You know, like, I would I would have loved to have uh, a president who is as as narcissistic as Meryl Streep because she was half of what Trump was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> the, and you couldn't write Trump as a as a parody. That was that was also one of my other problems because they painted her like she was she was supposed to be a Republican, a Trump Republican ish figure. In my opinion, they didn't specifically ever say she's a Republican. But to me, I was like, she could very well be a, a liberal <laughs> president. Like, there's no difference. Like, I don't Mc- see a difference. But it McKay felt like- said he was she was an amalgam of, of Reagan, okay. Clinton. Obama, Bush, and uh, Trump. Okay, he, he well, left then... out Herbert Walker, but uh, <laughs> everybody does. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, then that that seems that makes sense to me because, yeah, he. And she... I think that's the point. I think it, it doesn't matter. I think that's intentional. You don't mm-hmm. want to say whether they're Dems or Republicans. You're automatically going to shut off half your audience, but also you're just like, hey, they're interchangeable. They are. And they yeah, really are. I, I think that was very intentional. Although there were. I would say I saw more elements of Trump than anyone else as mm-hmm. exemplified by the fact that her son was the chief of staff. I mean, oh, that okay. was the Jerry yes. DeBonca. I mean, he was honestly, he, all the laughs that I had went, came from him. <laughs> he was so yeah, Jonah, funny. Jonah Hill was brilliant in that film. Yeah, he was great. He was very funny. I, I actually really liked uh, Jennifer Lawson in the yes. film. And I, I don't care for Jennifer Lawson as an actress. I think she typically is cast in roles that she's not mature enough for. And this was the sweet spot. Like, I thought she was great in um, Winter's Bone. Jennifer Lawrence I, is amazing Lawrence. in Winter's Bone. Winter's okay, Bone. I was like, Lawson? Who's Jennifer Lawson? Lawson. I was, yeah, I was starting to Google her. <laughs> I was like, who's Jennifer Lawson? I was yeah, like, I, is this a character I didn't know? <laughs> the, the whites. The, I know you were going to say <laughs> The white chick. <laughs> yes, I no, thought no, she was good She's too. great. I thought yeah. she was good, too. Loved the bangs. Loved the turf the bangs were an inspired choice. They were. They really were. Um, okay, I will... From a filmmaking pr- pr- uh, aspect, just the, you said you didn't laugh once. I find myself, I'm a fan of comic editing. So when mm-hmm. a good edit hits, yes. and every time it cut back and she's in the scene and she still can't get over that general rip. I like off, that joke. That's that a was joke. a good running That was a good gag. joke. I really like that joke. That was a good joke. I, I could just... relate to that joke because I would be hated about that shit. Right? Would... Yeah. Why would he do this to me? Because he can. It's uh, it's just another layer of, of like power fucking whoever they want to fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I didn't hate the film. I it just felt especially from like in the climate that we're in right now with COVID, so on the nose. Like especially with everything that's how bad COVID is right now. You know. So I was just like, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> They don't care. They just want to make money and they don't care who dies. There was a couple aspects I didn't like um, from filmmaking as point it was the hyper editing. There was a there was a lot of like slick cuts, almost lens flare kind of uh, uh, J.J. Abrams style. Like it looked like a Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then also it seemed like there was kind of a um, Scientology bent to the no uh, DiCaprio's problems all being solved with prescription pills and stuff like that. And the, the drug seeking behavior being kind of looked at as, as negative. Mm. Um, I, I know I understand that they kind of summed him up as someone who retreats to, to comfort, to ignore and shut out. But yeah, sometimes, you know, um, pharmaceuticals are necessary for people with mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. They did play that, that aspect a little bit. You know, um, I didn't, I didn't see that as having a negative connotation. I thought he was just someone dealing with anxiety, whereas the Jennifer Lawrence character was self-medicating. She was drug seeking, <laughs> which we respect on this pod. Yeah, we do. I mean, did, didn't she smoke weed in the first scene? Was it the first scene? Yes. She says yeah. she needs to go get high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's what it was. Um, Kate Blanchett's always drunk and uh, her character's her character's pure decadence, just constant like satisfaction sex drugs wait that was uh, kate blanchett yeah yes. the the reporter or the yeah hey, the reporter i did not know that was her holy yeah. crap she really kind of disappeared into that her and tyler perry were the michael strahan and uh mm-hmm. who, who's a it's the not chick, kate kirk it's the it's really tiny little tiny white girl she's very very tiny kelly ripa kelly kelly ripa she's kelly tiny. lawson um yeah they that they that was they had some good jokes i i thought that lampooning of the media Mm -hmm. was pretty on the nose but like in a good way you know whereas like let's find the positive we've got sponsors here if it were 30% less smug, I would have really enjoyed it. Mm, yeah. It's like, it's so self-satisfied. Like I, I, I could see the film smirking at me. Like what scenes made you feel that way? Like in general or in specific? Any film, any scene that dealt with the comet deniers. Mm. Yes, I can see that. I mean, the whole, the whole rally where one dude finally, <laughs> finally looks up. <laughs> Yeah. 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 There's a little bit of condescension to that. Yeah. Like it's, it's one thing to take shots at the media, at politics, but this was just like making fun of the yokels. Right. You know, and, and the yokels are, are mean spirited. I, I mean, mean I make fun of the yokels cause I, I mean spirited, but I don't want that for my entertainment. I bring um, that to the table myself. Yes. That's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying, because like, you know, the yokels are the ones being, you know, brainwashed by the media. This is kind of weird to make fun of the media and then make fun of the people they're brainwashing. It's it's divisive. It is. That's why when you said that, you know, he made a point not to make the president part of any party. I mean, it's so obvious. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Didn't they have red hats? I'm pretty sure they had red hats. They had hats. But they almost looked the, like the old MLB logo hats because they were all different colors. I do got to say, Je- uh, Jenna Hill's <laughs> scene where he's like, oh, time to Molly just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that was you, great. You meet you know, him and he's just wiping his nose like he's all coked up. <laughs> I know. You know that he ad-libbed all his lines. Like he, they were all off the top. Um, yeah, I don't know. It I, was. Go ahead. I think the one part that is on the nose, but that I really I would go to bat for is that don't look up was the campaign slogan for the, the president at the time, because that's really just get them to chant anything. 
Just mm-hmm. I mean, yokels or not, just get them to chant anything. And it's really just they're in your bag. You mm-hmm. got them right. And it's and it's literally the campaign promise is against your best interest at that point. And it really just sums up kind of what politics is. Because they don't want people to realize that, hey, we're actually all it's us against them, you know, not us against us. Yeah, the, us the whole... in this situation. I don't know. The people against the people in power. You, th- you, think we can, you think we can get an us? I, in my dreams, I would love an us against them. You think I we can get lo- an us? I would love an us against them. No, I just don't think. Us because because white, white them hate the, the us. Yeah, exactly. I know. White supremacy is America's original sin, and it's the trump card. It's it, what keeps any coalition from being built. Yeah, it's like... The, you know, Dunk America runs on Duncan. No, it's America runs on white supremacy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that is it's because of America's history until America has 400 years under its belt. And there's, you know, we can figure we can navigate 100 years of, of I don't know, not even a, there's no such thing as a level playing field, but 100 years of awareness, recognition, atonement. And then you get the the us. Maybe. Yeah, but the. The, the, but then they we just they this country has to do the recognition first. We'd vote yeah. when we would do the recognition. It, just, since we not... got about twelve, we got twelve years to figure this out <laughs> till the end of the world. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I've been revisiting <clears throat> Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, it's so good. That I, I loved think it. Be, it's going to be studied as a just a perfect encapsulation of what the COVID and what the modern time was, I think. Let me tell you, I, I was arguing with a lib friend who I'm not friends with anymore, but mm. a lib friend back then, Jennifer Lawson, it was Jennifer Lawson. <laughs> That's it was it. her. And he, he was like, he loved the, um, the puppet one, the sock puppet song. And I was like, you know, he's basically saying he's a communist. You know, that's what he's talking about. He's like, no, he's not. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> he absolutely is. Workers and the means of production. Where do you think that comes from? Anyways, it's a, it a good show. Did you watch it, Jason? No, I have never seen it. It's good. The, it's and good. the reason I'm, I even brought it up was because I, I think people are going to say don't look up is a is the covid satire. But I think it was really, if we look back later, it, it would be inside, would be more speaking to the truths of uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. and the lockdown mm-hmm. and, and the state of America at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on from Don't Look Up, not to dictate to your guys' show, but before we move no, on. Dick, from, <laughs> dictate. Um, I agree with you in the, in the, in the pro-capitalist and it's, it's anti-capitalist, but still it reinforces capitalist messages because mm-hmm. the it was just like, a one scene throwaway that China, a joint China, Russia, uh, and uh, another India. parties, India, India, yeah, would just fail, just instantly fail. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Amer- NASA hasn't done jack shit with launches in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a spacecraft. NASA <laughs> literally does not have a single fucking How spacecraft. That? How's that possible? They, oh, it was right. just kind of American exceptionalism was cooked into that plot point. Yes. Also, as soon as very early in, there was China bashing. And I was like, okay, you're you're bashing China already. Like, especially like being like, oh, this is about covid or we're watching it like it's about covid. And China's had what, six thousand deaths. 
mm-hmm. for a billion people. Let's let's not. Let's know, I had not a problem. Back. I had a problem with it being an American issue from the beginning of the film, and I kept commenting on that. Mm-hmm. And you're right; we don't hear anything about another country's involvement until seventy-five percent of the way through the film. Yeah, and then they the America sabotages their attempt to 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 um you know stop the comet and sabotage. The, the rest of the citizens of the world are, are like looking with their eyes towards America, like save us. Um, and it's just like, okay, that's, that's a little to Jason's point as well of like, we're the good ones. We know. Yes. Mm-hmm. We know we're fucked, but we know. Come we're on. Still yeah. That's so fine. thumbs up. <laughs> I'll be thumbs middle. <laughs> <laughs> two thumbs looking up. Uh, two thumbs pointing to the side. So, uh, so basically I'm the decider here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's mid. It's yeah, it's mid, mid. That's what yeah. I said. Thumbs to the side. So we give it a resounding, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, I know it a lot of people on Twitter really loved it. I went back after I watched it and you know searched for it. And it's just people are like talking about how, oh my God, this is so relevant. This is blah, blah, blah. and I was just like, I wish people could push through and have a little bit deeper criticism not of the film, but of what the film is talking about and satirizing. I think people just like films that make them feel smart. And if you're a certain sort of lib, this makes you feel really good about yourself. It does. And that's right. People should feel good about themselves. Watch, watch the things that make you feel good. Not like me. Like I I watch the Knicks and they don't ever make me feel good. Sports pod. Yeah. Jason watches the Knicks and feels worse than a movie where the entire planet is destroyed at the end. (laughs) Talk about egocentric. (laughs) That's how bad the Knicks are. Now to talk about the thing we don't want to talk about, but we have to talk about, and that's COVID. Like, how long have we been talking about COVID? It feels like the entirety of this pod. Two years, almost, because we started this pod in October of 2019. So we had a good maybe six months of no, no COVID talk in the beginning. Somehow, it somehow was always different. Yeah, we always had because Trump was president. So we always had, you know, it's easy. Just I want to say it's easy. I know there's a lot of people that are like Trump wasn't funny. It's easy to see he's funny when he's not the leader of the world. <laughs> when he's the leader of the world, then it's scary. But like looking back, you can see that he was funny. Um but he gave us so much material. Trump, Trump was hilarious. What's your favorite Trump tweet or joke? Oh, man. Oh, man. Hold on. I want to look this. I have a Twitter. I account. will say this and not to be the, the kind of the smug lib dunking on Yokels, but I, I really appreciated the way he would dunk on his own people. Like that whole not providing buses at the rally for people in the freezing stand out in the freezing cold. I mean, he did it multiple times. He took every chance to shit on his own people to let them know I am not one of you. I am not for you, plebs. And they they lapped it up. And uh fuck that was that I appreciated that. Uh that was great. Trying to find the one I, there's a there's an old Trump tweets, old Donald Trump tweets account that's very posts them. Are you looking at tweets, Jason? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find the one. I think maybe the one that was one of my favorites was when he 
uh, was it Cinco de Mayo? He posed with a, a taco salad in his in his office. Oh, that's the one where you can see the open drawer. Yes, yes. Like filled with amphetamines. Yes, yes. <laughs> that man. How is he still alive? How is his heart still going? I mean, he has millions of dollars. He's got the best doctors. Although, is that true? Is that true? Because remember his doctor that said, he, I guess he just paid him that real, real wacky looking guy who. Uh, oh, yeah. Had the long yeah, hair. The guy, I still can't believe that guy's an actual doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, that's the kind of doctor that prescribes in colors. Like, here's some reds. I'll give you a bottle of greens. <laughs> yes. He got his doctorate from uh, Trump University, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, are you still looking for a tweet? <laughs> this one, Anthony Weiner. Per okay. alert, Rep Weiner's back on Twitter. All girls under the age of 18 block him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Was, was he actual president at the time he tweeted that? No, he wasn't. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, here's what. When he was talking about Elizabeth Warren, uh, would just tell the story about um, something about drinking the beer. And she says to her husband, oh, yeah, thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. And Trump was like, it's their house. He's supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that guy, that guy was really funny when he's not in control of the nuclear code. Right. I agree. Agree. And yeah. I don't know if anybody just saw this, but uh, <laughs> I saw on Twitter, I got to take it back off my phone because it's just bad for me. Um, the Dems are uh, teasing that maybe it'll be Hillary oh. in 2024. So we have a Hillary Trump rematch in 2024. It, it, you know, it's people to judge, right? It's going to be male Pete. You think so? Yeah, he's the guy. God, just give me somebody real. Give me somebody worth a damn. No, no, they're not going to do they, that. They can't even get in the race, huh? No. Are you kidding me? You saw what they did to Bernie. Like, I, think about it this way. The ruling class could have let Bernie win. And if Bernie had just given, they had let him win, he could give some concessions to working people, raise the minimum wage, maybe do health care. People would not be so angry, but they couldn't even do that. They couldn't right. even do that. Okay. I, I don't believe that for a second. Oh, come I, on. Don't, I, I don't believe Bernie had a chance of winning. I don't think it had anything to do with you- the Democratic establishment. It had everything to do with black church boomers, black church boomers went out and voted for the guy who they thought white men would vote for. <laughs> and black church boomers are the same reason Eric Adams is the mayor of New York. It's not the dim establishment. It is that part of the base. And that part of the base was never going to vote for anyone but Joseph Robinette Biden. Does the dim establishment cultivate black church boomers? Or is that kind of an, does that group exist outside? Is that just another caucus? Yeah, I mean, they're just so reliably dim. I mean, it's the vestiges of the old civil rights movement. Yeah. And the truth is like that block is pretty conservative. And what's going to happen when they die? The young black people are not voting for Dems. No, the party's the party's going to drown. But yeah, I yes, the party did work to shift sentiment towards Biden, but Bernie didn't never had a chance. Okay, but they they uh, they totally like fucked him like they fucked him they did they fucked him you know they fucked him before it doesn't doesn't matter what they did if the people weren't going to come out and vote 
we we don't even know that yet, though, because they all fucked him. (sighs) They all fucked him before a ton of primaries. Anyways, why are we arguing about this? Let's argue about Uh, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll take the pro and you take the con. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, COVID gets its day. And you have to moderate, Corgi. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, what do we need? To, what can we say? We uh, we all feel like we're going to get it eventually, right? I mean, that's where we're at now. Um, Absolutely. I, I I'm afraid I am. I don't I don't want to feel like it's inevitable. I hate that this country has made us all feel that way because it, it never had to be inevitable. It never had to be this. Um, I live my life to avoid it. I still do. I still take the precautions, too. but it just feels like there's there's no escaping. It yeah, does. I'm out there raw dogging air. I'm not taking I'm throwing caution to the wind. Shut up. You wore your mask at the basketball game, didn't you? Um, you had to wear the mask. Okay. Yeah. I, was about, I was about to be like, mm, Jason. Except when um, you're drinking, which we were drinking. So I mean, I saw a great tweet that was like, who would have thought that wearing a mask into a building and then taking the mask off to eat <laughs> would get us where we are today? Who could have thought that? You know, that's I was talking about this the other day, though. That's, I mean, as much theater as the, you know, anti masking. It really like, okay, is. We're wearing this. We're, we're we're doing our rules. And then we all sit down and we take it off. And it's like only the waitress has to now wear it. Yeah. Um, it's like that's bullshit we just kind of performatively avoided covid to sit down <laughs> that's what the tweet was so we could go sit down in a building yeah it's interesting at, at the basketball game there is actually not a masking policy in the building we we happen to have floor seats and the nba has a policy where if, if you're going to be 15 feet from players you have to mask and that's the only reason we had to mask so there are people up in on the in the bleachers that yeah nobody else in the stands had on masks. Yeah. I mean that's just COVID air circulating, and that's just profit profit driven health standards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean I don't know guys. I mean Biden is looking into sending masks to people or something. I don't know. That's what I read today. He's looking into it. Okay. And apparently, people who have insurance can get reimbursed for rapid antigen tests up to um, what eight per person in the household per like, month. You still have to, but you have to pay for those out, out of, of pocket. pocket. Then they're not cheap. Like I bought some before Christmas and I got 10 tests for 80 bucks. Not bad. They still haven't come. And now like, because they're so scarce, they're like a hundred bucks a test or for two uh, tests. I know a spot. I, I get mine um, <laughs> two for $24. You got a guy. Uh, no, like I, I, I can. I know a place where I can walk in and reliably get them, which I will not speak of. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're two for twenty four dollars. But I, I understand some people are like you. You can't find them on shelves. You're paying scalper prices. Yeah, and you've got a family of four, and, and who knows what that turnaround time is on reimbursement? Also, people are struggling financially. What about all the people who don't have insurance and the people on Medicare? They don't. They're not approved. Medicare people don't get approved. Medicaid people aren't approved. Oh, so what I read is Medicare and Medicaid um, recipients will actually get get on um, test shipped to them. They don't qualify oh. for the reimbursement. But oh, okay. So that's that was missing from what I read. I mean, I don't know, guys. What what can we say? Biden Mindy, sucks. You and I were talking recently about Delaware, right? About how it's basically just a 
tax haven of a state. Yes. Biden is a tax haven of of the insurance companies personified, right? He's a sentient insurance plan. You know what I mean? He's just for profit at Mm -hmm. all times on this kind of stuff. Uh, Absolutely. You know, until you mentioned that. I never made that that association between what Delaware is as a state and Biden's ideology. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean that's that's why he was able to run for president three times because he 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 was served his masters in Delaware perfectly for yes. decades. Yes, absolutely. He has, you know, there there's been a lot of bragging this last week about how great the economy is doing, and it is not only tone deaf because it is so tone deaf to the material conditions of so many people. But like, it's an economy for who? Yeah. Only rich people. Only hey, what rich does that, people. What does that mean? I, I really don't understand what they mean now. Are they talking about the GDP? Are they yes. talking about the stock market? Yes, I just saw this. Business Insider did a thing. GDP, stock market, all these indexes they use. There's like 10 of them. It's They're all out like... It's crazy. Businesses grew, I think, like 5% or something. I, I don't know. Some some sort of insane amount of growth. What it means is they've figured out how to monetize and profit off of pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I feel icky even talking about it, but if there was one conspiracy, th- conspiracy theory about COVID that I believed, it was that they manipulated the working situation. They could have nipped that in the bud, but no, they sought and controlled the way to uh, make Amazon stock go up, make that kind of stuff, the, the the delivery, the less workers in the office kind of stuff, and then even cut workers' rights more. If if I was to believe a conspiracy, and I think that's a good one to believe, I would say it's that the one, I mean, I'm not saying I believe this, but I could see how it could be true. Birds aren't real? Uh, what's that? Birds aren't real? Yeah, no, no, birds are real. Um are they though? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, it's that one of the reasons why they're not sharing IP, they're not giving vaccines to the rest of the world is because they want the pandemic to keep going because mm. the farm pharma- pharmaceutical companies are making a fucking killing. And if they, if there's a, if it keeps going and keeps mutating, we keep got it. We have to keep getting those boosters. I don't know. Right before, yeah. right before the most recent surges came up, and it felt like we were kind of uh, coming on the back end of this. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's when they started talking about Iran getting the bomb again. Mm-hmm. That's when they started motivating for the different kind of never-ending profit. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so it's either militarization or uh, medical pandemic response. I think they're just going to milk. You don't think so, Jason? You don't think that you don't? You're not. You're not. I'm not I don't believe that they're intentionally letting the pandemic rage for profits because you know what? Big Pharma prints money anyway. Like Big Pharma doesn't have to risk their own lives and our lives. They're not risking their lives. What are you what? They're not. They're fine. They breathe the same air we breathe. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they fucking don't. Bro, they don't. They and they have they have access to all the cutting edge drugs if anything happens to them. Do you remember when Trump was could barely breathe on that porch and he was uh, uh, he was fine. We were all had our fingers crossed that he was fine because he had the best fucking drugs. He's fine. And we had, that guy should have died. He's got 10 comorbidities. 
No, just in general, that guy should have died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I had a, uh, I was having a debate with a, a conservative um, acquaintance, and ooh. he was talking about how Trump aged less than any other president in office. And I was like, how the fuck do you know? You've never seen his actual skin color. Like, you've never seen his actual hair color. You don't know what he looks like normally. No. How are you going to tell me he didn't age? He looks like, yeah, I mean, Jocelyn Wildenstein. Like, he, he, you just can't tell what age he's at. Also, <laughs> also he's a one timer. Uh, what? What's that? Also, he was a one term president. <laughs> so, yeah, you age a lot less in four years than you do in eight. Yeah. And also, he didn't do anything. He's just watching TV all the time. <laughs> like, come on. He wasn't stressed about shit. Um, we really had President Hannity for four years. You guys, I mean, we did. We did. Uh, um, anyways, back to COVID because we hmm. went on a tangent. Well, no, 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 still on a tangent. Okay. I found it. The goat Frank tweet. Okay. Oh, God, you have been listen- looking for this entire time and just barely, barely checking in on the pod. Basically, yeah. So that's how I do. No, no. Barney Frank looked disgusting. Nipples protruding in his blue shirt before Congress. Very, very disrespectful. <laughs> 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 when was this this is during his presidency <laughs> no, it was before he was president oh man if he's president he gets a twitter he gets a twitter again uh, please tell me that's gonna be in the library of congress someday <laughs> probably somebody's some some Holy software fuck. developers archiving those tweets right. yeah, so let's talk about what everyone's been talking about the the issue of sending kids back to schools because that's what's going to prolong this pandemic and it really comes down to one thing we have to send the kids back to school because we're not paying the parents to stay home yep yeah and they're they're not going to pay the parents because they don't want to because what happened last time is people got angry they got to sit at home and think about things and they got angry and then they took to the streets yeah mm-hmm. They don't want that. So I feel sorry for some of these school administrators because I think a lot of them do know they should go remote and want to go remote. Mm-hmm. But you literally can't. There's no one to watch the children. It's all they, they don't care. It's all about money. They don't care. It's just money. That's all it is. They've made the calculation that it. I don't know if it's short term or long term. I don't know that letting people die is going to cost less money. Yeah, I think that they made the calculation that the most vulnerable people have died. Mm. That they've all died. But you know what? They haven't. I have three or four comorbidities. I I don't want to get it. The people with three or four comorbidities are the ones who are vaccinated and boosted and still dying. I don't want to fucking get it. And here's the other thing. Like getting long COVID gives you comorbidities. It creates more vulnerable people. And that's that is they are creating so many people who are going to have disabilities and then they're going to say, sorry, we can't help you. Sorry, that happened to you. We don't got nothing for you. Yeah. Or you're going to get turned down in about 10 years because you never actually had a positive test. Yeah. And in enough testing, things weren't available to put on record. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's a, an int- I think I, I swear that's an intentional limitation. I think that's because, abs- absolutely. And that's it's driven by medical insurance. Mm-hmm. That could be why they're pushing home testing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because there is I'll, no paper trail. No. Ver- I'll, I'll tell you what. My husband has to do a negative test to come back to work at home, 
But if he's positive, it has to be a PCR test from a lab. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think don't look up was overly negative <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> because our situation is just bleak. I, I really I, think, I so. think that might have been part probably part of my problem with it is because th- things are so bleak. And there was a little bit of it for me of like, hey, Netflix, read the room. Maybe this isn't the right time to release mm. this. You know, like this is so on the nose that it's not it wasn't funny. A lot of it wasn't funny to me because it was so on the nose. It didn't feel like an exaggeration, which is what, to me, I think satire is supposed to be an exaggeration to tell the truth. Well, I agree to disagree. You agree to which part? Just in general. Right. I agree to be disagreeable. <laughs> I'm a contrarian. He is. He really you, is. Well, no, the second you tell me I am, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, do we have anything else to say? I mean, COVID Did sucks. We, oh, we did not on our last episode on our year end recap did not do our asshole of the year. Correct. Mm. And a listener added us new name. I don't, that's his name, new name. Um, he added us and asked us to do it. Asshole of the year. I don't, how can it not be Biden? <laughs> Doesn't it have to be him? It has to be him, right? I feel like that's a little too easy, though. I, I know, but who else rises to the level of how much of an asshole he's been? You know what? I'm going to give it to Yair Bolsonaro. Not bad. Bolsonaro is amazing. I mean, he is, you know, he's he's been Trump light for his entire career. But mm-hmm. unlike Trump, he finds a way to keep getting COVID over and over <laughs> again. And it gets funnier and funnier each time. <laughs> Last time he was hospitalized, we thought he had COVID, but then he was like, he just ate some shrimp and didn't chew it well enough. Also, doesn't he tweet out pictures of himself in the hospital? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate someone leaning into the bit. Like, that man knows how to lean into the bit. Right, he does. It's like, it's like the, the Bears super fans from SNL. <laughs> a piece of sausage in my chest. <laughs> I'm having a heart attack. Beating his chest. Unchewed shrimp. Oh, how does unchewed shrimp make you go to the hospital? Because I've never heard of that before. Maybe he was going tail. He didn't take tails off. He was just like going whole hog on it. I've seen people do that, not just eat the tail too. And I'm like, ew, gross. Why you do that? And they're like, you can eat the tail. I'm like, all right, can you? garbage. No, what you should eat is the head. The head is delicious. The head is great. Don't eat the tail. But, but really, can we Google this real quick? If I no, don't no, eat the head. Eat the head. It's delicious. Oh, you mean, why was he hospitalized? Yeah. Oh, was it really true? No, he's a liar. Oh, he had COVID. See how gullible I am. I believe everything. Um. Well, uh, Okay, asshole of the year. Then, man, it's been a long year. It's it's January twelfth. I know. Twenty twenty one. It's also been. Do a you long have an asshole of the year, Corky? I don't know. Well, uh, you you had messaged me said, "Hey, we're going to do the worst person of twenty twenty one." Yeah. Oh, and, asshole of the year. Sorry. Okay. I meant well, asshole. Then you kind of fucked me I, on my. Uh, pick, sorry. Right? Sorry. But. I also kind of wanted to tie it into movies. Okay. And I wanted to also maybe if we're, this is the last segment kind of end on a more positive. So I'm going to first, I'm going to compliment you guys on getting a note from a listener that is wonderful to receive. So for any podcaster out there who gets a note from a listener, 
uh, it's just nice to have that feedback and know that you resonate with someone, especially when they bring up a bit that you forgot. Yes. That means and they're a regular listener. He is. He's our biggest fan. He's always adding us and telling us stuff and gets mad when we don't put up episodes. Just <laughs> it makes me feel great. Thank so you. So kudos to you guys and, and good on that listener for doing that. That's really cool. Yeah. The the second thing is that uh, I wanted to recommend a movie actually called that came out in 2021 called The Worst Person in the World. Okay. Yeah, it's a Norwegian film from York and Trier. And it it, it kind of analogs don't look up in that it's to me anyway, in that it's about people, you know, not knowing who they want to be in the modern age. You have mm-hmm. so many influences. You can try on different personas based on upon the social media that you are currently into. And it's about a young woman uh, finding love in, Nor- in Norway. And she just every time you think she's going to end up with someone, she zigs. She mm. and she's a completely different person with a completely different match, but you never don't believe it. And um, it kind of ends in kind of a magical way, which I also thought was kind of uplifting and positive. So I would recommend the, it's a movie called The Worst Person in the World, but it's a it's a movie about a it's a fantastic character study of a young woman in Norway. I think that's beautiful. I do. I'm glad but I told also, you. I'm glad I told you. I, yeah, I'm glad you recommended that. I will yeah, not watch this. I will check it out. <laughs> I will check it out. <laughs> the the caucasity rating for Jason is just like too much. Like, <laughs> if there's one no, thing I'm, no, I will watch it. I no, oh. I'm saying I will watch it. I, will. I thought I thought Jason was like, if there's one thing I'm not gonna watch, it's a story about a white woman finding love in Norway. No, no, I totally like that. Especially oh. if it's if it's dark and rainy. <laughs> you know, yes, it, there is a segment with the dark and rainy. Nice. Um, the smoking part is my favorite though. Okay. But uh, if I have to pick an asshole, Aaron Rodgers. Uh Oh, good one. Oh, it was so good. He, he, he pulled it for a late victory in the, the end of 2021. Just deliberate misinformation, willfully ignorant, uh, doubling down on how he's the smartest person in any room he walks in. Um, and yeah, and now he's just deliberately trolling. And, and then kind of like he's one of these people who says something ignorant and then is like, oh, did I did I stir the woke mob just because he gets called on? He gets called on his lies and uh uh, mis- misinterpretations. This is a sports pod, but can you just refresh my memory of who he is? <laughs> Probably going to be the MVP of the league again. And he's like 40. He, I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback, but he is not a scientist. So yeah. Rogers quarterback of the green Bay Packers. Yeah. When asked by the team, if he'd been vaccinated, he said, yes, I've been inoculated. He gets COVID. And we found out he was never vaxxed. Oh, wow. So, as much as you want to go against people who are anti-vax and, and we'll bring it to sports again, like Kirk cousins, like Carson Wentz, who have like all these reasons, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, who f- for not being vaxxed, at least they were about their shit and they followed protocols and they did what they were supposed to do. Rogers went the dipsy doodle on it, deliberately misled that he wasn't vaccinated, said he was inoculated and then let other people come in contact with them. Didn't follow protocols. When called on it, said, I'm sorry if some people were misled by what I said. Mm. Well, that's a good asshole. Well, we're ending. Thank the- yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us. Cork. Cork, where yeah. can the people find you? You can find me at uh, the Dare Daniel podcast. It's a movie podcast that I do with my film critic friend where we review bad movies, the worst movies. I mean, we're talking about the worst movies that you can find. Um, I, like if you want an example, one is called 365 Days. 
and it's not the Netflix softcore torture porn. It's the other one. It's another one called 365 Days, uh, uh, which is an up modern version of the Oedipus Complex, uh, homemade on a like a million dollar budget. So we watch that kind of stuff. We break it down and have fun with it. So find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or come to our page at daredaniel.com. And not not the um the good bad movies, the bad bad movies. Yeah, uh, sometimes you find a diamond in the rough, something that's so bad it's good. To me, like Cats, Cats was so transcendently terrible that it was amazing. Um, but yeah, the bad bad movies. Okay. And your your Twitter handle? Oh, at Corky Knievel at Twitter. Although I'll be honest, Twitter for me, I, they should rename it like Facebook went to meta. They should call Twitter diminishing returns because <laughs> I, I just do not find joy every day I check into that thing. So if you want to get depressed, follow my Twitter feed. Yeah, I got to take it off my phone. I put it back on my phone over the holidays and it's got to go. It's depressing as fuck. <laughs> I hate it. And yet I can't not. Look. I know. Has, has speaking of which, has anybody ever have you heard anybody call Facebook meta like in real life? No, why? No. <laughs> Although, like, I think it's still just Facebook. You know, it was like Google is owned by Alphabet. Yeah, like, no one ever refers to Alphabet. I think I that's did, what meta is. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah. So, so they can't be sued for stuff. Whatever Facebook's going to eventually be sued for. Meta yeah. is just the the parent company. So, gotcha, like, okay. if you open up Instagram, it goes brought to you by Meta which gotcha. I don't have Instagram on my phone, but I know that they do that. Also, I think it does it on WhatsApp, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us, guys. As always, As our always. music is composed by Kevin McLeod, licensed through Creative Commons. Follow us on at Eat the Press on all the things. Or at Frazier. At Frazier approves. No, no, don't follow me, no. I'm, yes, I come just on. just talk reckless. You do talk reckless, but you go viral. You went viral yeah. last You're week. You're one of my favorite follows, Jason. I love following you. <laughs> Jason, well, well, go ahead. Well, yeah, follow me. It's at Fraser Yeah, I think you have the but best. Don't say I didn't warn you. But you have the best take on Twitter where it's like it's about cultivating your group, the follow group that you have. And you've cultivated a good group of followers. I love my followers. I, I've got a good feed. But yeah, not my feed. Like the feed that I read is awesome because uh, of you people. Yes, agree. In the early days of Twitter, or in my early days of Twitter, I went for broke with like a uh, friend star Twitter with just trying to get as many mutuals as you could of really, really just dumb people. <laughs> it's diminishing returns for me yeah. now that I'm kind of over Twitter. Yeah. We'll scroll till we die. That's the problem. If there's anything you want to hear, email us. Eat the press at gmail.com. We, we love that sort of feedback. Or add us as some yeah. of our followers do. All right. Until next time. Thank you, Corgi. Until next time. Thanks for having me, guys. I've loved it. <laughs>